I do want to welcome everyone here this morning. And this is day 22 of 21 days of prayer. And you're like, what are you talking about? 21 days, it's supposed to end on day 21. But prayer is not just something we do for 21 days in January and then 21 days in August. Prayer is communion with God. And it should be something we're doing every day. So actually today is 237 because that's how many days there have been in this year. And for me personally, this is day 18,978 since I was born. Thank God for Siri, because that was really easy to figure out. But I want you to think about it in that frame of reference. Because if we think about it, it's just something we do at church for even the 21 days, or maybe we just come every now and then on a Saturday morning, and man, we're just, we're really doing it, man. I mean, look at me, I've like got it all worked out. That, that's not it at all. It's supposed to be our lifestyle. So 21 days is all it takes to start a new habit, to break a habit, to move in another direction. So now we're at day 22. So the question is, what are you going to do? Now you may say, well, I wasn't able to come every day for the 21 days, or I only was able to join it, I watched it after the fact, or whatever your thoughts would be, whatever your response would be. But what are you going to do? On day 22. Uh That rhymes. I didn't even mean that. But it's a new season. School is starting. People are going back to work from summer vacation. Summer is over. And football season starts soon for those who still watch it. But we choose as a church to be one that puts God first. We pray first. And Jessica, can you put that logo up? We pray first. Every year in January, and in August. Because those are the two times in the seasons where we start something. So January's obviously in the beginning of the year. And right now as we're making this shift, we're at the midway mark between summer ending and now heading into fall. And this, this, the rest of the um, years changing is all happening right now. And it's just been phenomenal. But I want us to look at another one of the prayers, and it's actually in your prayer guide. So if you don't have one of these, they're still in the back. These are not just needed for 21 days of prayer. Again, this is day 22 of of 21 days of prayer. We're continuing on in everything. It's a lifestyle. We're going to look at the prayer of Jabez. So if you open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And we're going to look at who Jabez was. Now, Chronicles is one of those um, books of the Bible that's kind of boring in the beginning because it's just talking about so-and-so had this kid, and then he had this kid, and he had this kid, and you kind of yawn a little bit. But in the middle of all of this, in chapter 4, God interrupts that to tell us about Jabez. And we don't know much about him other than this part, but it was so impacting on God who Jabez was, that God interrupted talking about who all the genealogies and all of the, 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 the stuff you need to know of who was the, this person's father, and all that's very, very important when you study deep in the scriptures. But he did all that. He just stopped it right here in verse 9, and he says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, but his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez's name literally means pain. Now, that's a pretty bad day when your mom names you pain. 
I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to grow up as a little boy on playground and just going with all your little friends and, hey, pain's coming. Look at, he's a pain in the butt, right? I mean, he just got all this, he's going to be ridiculed, all these names that are close. I mean, kids are just merciless. And yet that's his name. It means pain. Continues on, verse 10, And Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, and said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And we're going to be going back and forth to this this one text here over and over again. But can I suggest to you that as Jabez grew up with this this label, this self-image of pain, he, he struggled with this because that's how he was named. And particularly back in those days, your name defined you. And that was something that really was... Today, I mean, I know I had to go search what my name was. My mom told me when I was very young, and, you know, I've got these little nice little things, of beautiful pictures you put in, a five-by-seven, you know, frame that tells you what your name, and it's all calligraphied up, you know, and all this stuff. But we didn't name people because we're trying to give that image. Later, we go back and find out what our name is. But they actually gave names based on the definition of it. So here he is, he's walking around with this image, this self-image, and this label. Can I suggest to you that some of you in the sound of my voice are walking through life also with a label? Maybe you've been given a label by a parent or someone during your childhood, and you're walking out a script based upon your name. And that's become what you believe about yourself. Someone has labeled you, and that now defines you. It could be even something simple as mistakes that have happened. It could be a divorce. And you think that 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 label of divorce is just always hanging around your neck and it's just always just penetrating into into your brain. Or it can be bankruptcy or it can be failed relationships or it can be abortion. It can be all of these different things that you said here. And when you're alone at night or when you think about yourself, those those wet blankets of, oh, what label is defining you? See, Jabez, pain, prays to God in the scripture. Now, what most of us do when we pray to God is we pray out of our past. We pray out of our need. God, I need you to help me. I need some money. I need some this. I got this bill. My electricity's about to get shut off. You go, you go through all of these different things about my need, and you go from what your image is. And if Jabez was coming to God in his image of pain, he wouldn't have prayed this. And I want to suggest to you that him focusing on his future instead of his past is why in the middle of the genealogies, God goes, stop, I want to tell you about Jabez. He goes, God, I pray that you would bless me. And you would enlarge my territory. See, he's looking to his future. He's looking and saying, God, I, I'm not looking behind me anymore. And whatever might cause my mom to name me that, and all the people who have ridiculed me, and all the things that have defined me up to now, God, I'm looking to, and I'm asking you to be the one who blesses me. That everything that I'm defined from here on out is your blessings on my life. That you enlarge my territory, that your hand is upon me and you keep me. First part of this I want us to look at is bless me. It's okay to ask God for blessings. Now, it's not the, the same thing of like, well, I need a new Cadillac, and I need this, and, the, and I need all this stuff just for my status. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. 
But God wants to bless us. He wants to reach down from heaven and get interactive with us. And that word bless in the Hebrew literally is the word barak, and it means to bend over. So number one point for this morning is pray for blessing. And, and this is in the, the prayer guide that you have. And you can see not in the detail that I'm going into, but it, it's there for you. But pray, number one, pray for a blessing. Psalms 18 verse 35 says, You, God, give me your shield of victory, and your right hand sustains me, and you stoop down to make me great. It's that same connotation as when um, Jabez said, Bless me. Stoop down from heaven. Get involved in what's going on with me, God. Just, God, I'm crying out for you, but can you just lean down and get involved with me? You, now this is David, this isn't Jabez. He said the same thing. You stoop down from heaven to make you great. God says, I've got a great plan for you. David's like, man, you're stooping down from heaven. And getting involved with me, that makes me great. See, the future's greater when you've got God involved in your life. When you're not just trying to say, hey, I'll just do it on my own. I'll make it through how I think it's going to work. God wants to stoop down and make you great. Genesis 12, verse 2 says, I will make you a great nation. That's in the beginning of the Bible. It goes, I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. So this is in the very, very beginning. God's saying, this is my heart for you, is I want to bless you, but not just bless you so you can say, look how great I am, but bless you to be a blessing to others. See, we need to not only just be looking at what I can do for myself and how great I can build up my kingdom, and, and wow, look how great, I, I've enlarged my territories, and look how great I am. Hey, don't I, like, I mean, I got it all going on. I got it more than what everybody else remember. No, that's not it. It's, it's, I've been blessed to be a blessing. But I have a question to ask you. What would you do if God answered that prayer? What would you do with more? What will you do when God answers that prayer? See, if I have more being blessed to be a blessing, I'll do more. He doesn't just bless us so we can just hoard it all up. He gives us more so I can do more. The second point, going back to the First Chronicles 4.10, the second part of that is enlarge my territory. God, I pray that you would bless me, that it's okay for me to be blessed because I want to be a blessing. God, enlarge my territory. Number two point I want you to see this morning is pray for influence. God doesn't want us to just walk through life and no one knows who we are and no one around us is changed because because we're there. He wants us to have influence at everywhere we go. Even in Proverbs 31, it talks about what a wonderful woman she is and she's far above everybody else that she is having such an influence everywhere she goes. God wants us to have influence. Because that's his representation. And when you say, man, God blessed me, and I'm able to be a blessing here. God's given you influence, but it's not just to make your ego great. It's about, then you're, you're pointing it back, say, God is great. 
It, it, I always say this. People say, you're awesome. And, and, and this is my funny reply to that, to kind of, you know, dodge it off. And, and I'll say, no, God is awesome. I just look like him because God says we are created in his image. And that's my humor. And I, I never will forget this. We were at the Church on the Rock conference in, in Phoenix, and Becky Calker, the missionaries that we, we support, they're part of our missionaries. Um, she said, man, you're awesome. And I said, no, I'm not awesome. God's awesome. And she goes, man, when I pray, I do not picture your face. <laughs> and that just cracked me up. But pray for influence. Ask God to stretch me, to take me beyond me. Think about that. Ask God for, to enlarge your territory. Pray for influence. Ask God to stretch you. What you're doing now, if you can do it on your own, that's not big enough. Enlarging your territories, enlarging your borders, what does that look like? It's going to be beyond you. But you must first enlarge your mind before anything else. And that's the purpose of coming to church and hearing messages and letting God's word just kind of open us up and go, wow, I I can't just be satisfied with where I'm at. I've got to go more. I've got to have more of him. Can I tell you something this morning? God has available to you a life that is bigger than you. I want to say that again. God has available to you a life that is bigger than you than you. For for some people, the reason that your life isn't all about that, isn't all that, isn't, you know, just everything you wanted to be, everything you dreamt it would be, is because your life is just all about you. For some people, your life isn't working out like you want because it's only been focused on what can God do for me. But when you realize that there is more, everything changes. This prayer of Jabez, God bless me. One translation says, bless me indeed. I love that part. Give me influence, God. Enlarge my borders. Enlarge my territories. Can I tell you that the happiest people are not the ones with the fewest problems? That's what we typically think that, you know, if, man, if I can just get rid of all these problems, if I can just, you know, just somehow avoid all this stuff, then I'll be happy. No, there will always be problems. The happiest people are the ones who realize that they have a purpose and they realize their purpose. See, they look through the, they see their life through the lens of I can do more. The same way that if I have more, I can do more. That's the lens that they look at everything to say, God, man, I just want to bless this person. I want to bless this. I want to bless this. And this isn't about the church. This isn't about blessing the church. This is about being a blessing to people. See, I can live a life beyond me. Sociologists call this transcendent living. So you're transcending out of where you just are in yours, and you're seeing something beyond yourself. The happiest people in the world live a life with clearer purpose. Can I tell you about purpose this morning? When you boil it all down, when it's all said and done, your purpose is people. 
Everything is about networking. Everything is about relationships. Everything in this world is about people. See, in every capacity that you serve, it's all about people. If you're helping with the sound, it's to help people hear and to hear on the stream and to hear on the podcast and to hear all these different things. If you're doing the media, so people can write down the, the words. And if you're greeting people so you can help them know where to go and they feel welcome. And when we get larger than people out in the parking lot are helping you know where to park, all these things isn't just so you can say, hey, I, I work in the parking lot, I work in the sound, I work in the nursery, I work in all these places. It's, it's for people. We have the discovering your purpose part is our growth track. It's so amazing. Every single time we do it, and it's not just a churchy kind of thing. It's really more of a clinic, and you know, you're, you're doing a little, you know, questions and answers, and you're doing all stuff, and then these light bulbs go on, and you realize what it is that God created you for. But all is, this is a means to God's heart. All the being a blessed to be a blessing, all of this purpose that God has given us, God's heart is people. So no matter what your purpose in life is, it's always going to equal people. Even at the, at the, at the bottom, boiled down again, God so loved the world that he gave. God's love equals people. The goal of every single thing we do isn't simply just that that function, but it's what's on the other end. We have so many people that are listening to our podcast. It, it just it it blows my mind every week when I I go and look. When, we're usually all in my office after church uploading, and I'll go and look at the stats and see in the last seven days how many people. And it's usually in the hundreds, 238, 280, you know, just all these, these crazy numbers. Then we look and see where they're at all over the world. The last time we t- tallied it up is 48 nations of the world that have been listened to at least one time of a podcast from us. And this little church in Plano, Texas... Or the number of people who are watching the stream and the service and prayer and just all the things and prayer requests that come in from all over the country to be included. See, the sound is not just to have it here, but it's what's on the other end. But what's on the other end is people. We, We add another service. What's on the other end of all that work is people. Your purpose is people. Psalms 2, verse 8, God says, Ask me, and I will make the nations, people, your inheritance. What's an inheritance? It's what you get when, you know, you've done something or because of a relationship. People are our inheritance. And I took a lot of this from a message I heard from Pastor Chris and you know, I just really, I love that. And, and, and as, as I was listening to it and, and just, just some of the points, just really just making it our own and making it for us. But there's one section in here that I want you to hear from him. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen. God, this is God talking. God says, ask me. If you'll come pray to me, I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. In other words, I'll let you influence people. 
I'll, I'll put a purpose on the inside of you. So I, I, uh, when I was on staff at my home church uh, in Baton Rouge in the 90s, when I was an associate pastor there, they sent me to Bogota, um, Colombia, to go study this great church. It had like 200,000 people in this church there. And my pastor sent me there, hey, go study it, go figure out some stuff. And he had them on assignment for their small groups, different things. But while I was there, I was noticing that they did, they did the old school traditional altar call for salvation. So when people pray to receive Christ, they bring them down to the front and then they take them off to a room. We don't do that, but they take them off to a room. And, um, and, but what was interesting, I actually, I actually went through the process. So I, I mean, I didn't raise my hand, but I walked down to the front and I followed them into the room because I wanted to see what happened in the room. So anyway, so <laughs> I, I go in there and they not only prayed with them and all of that, but they wanted to give them a Bible. And before they would give them a Bible... They would go, take them into a little photo booth and take their picture. And it was an instant development of the picture. So they, they, it's like a, a, a Polaroid picture. And they take it. And then they, somebody there, I mean, with hundreds of people cutting out the face of the picture. And then they get the Bible they were going to give them. And then the Bible they would give them on the inside, as you open the cover, on the first flap of the Bible was this person speaking to a crowd of tens of thousands in this open field. But it had no face. The face was cut out. And they would take the face they had just taken of the person who just got saved. And they would slip it behind the picture. Now, the, you're the person. The person who just got saved. Your first Bible has a picture of you influencing people. And they say, God. And they would hand you the Bible saying, we want you to see this and get a vision for your life. And realize whether it's on a camera or on a stage, God wants to use you to influence people. And I watch people leave there, not just focusing on the fact their sins have been forgiven, but now on mission with their life. Church, I have prayed so long this week that you would hear this statement. God has a purpose for your life. Until you find it and do it, you're going to be putting out fires and miserable. So I pray every day, Lord, don't just bless me, but Lord, here's, here's the prayer I pray. You don't have to pray this prayer, but this is how I pray this second one. Lord, show me your purpose for my life so I can live a life bigger than my own. Show me a purpose so I can live a life bigger than my own. See, when God gives you influence bigger than you, you'll be in over your head. You'll be going, God, I asked you to enlarge my territories, but I know it's going to be like swimming in the deep end, and I don't know if I can keep treading water. And that takes us to the third part of 1 Chronicles 4.10. It says, let your hand be with me. Everywhere in the Bible, hand of God means his power and his presence. So he's saying, God, bless me. Let me have a future that includes you blessing me in all my ways. And God, enlarge my territory, enlarge my influence. Let me be a blessing to help other people. And it's not just about me, but let me be a conduit for you. And, but, but God, let your hand be upon me. Let your presence stay with me. Number three, if you're taking notes, is pray for presence. See, we can have church here. We can have wonderful things. But let me tell you, I can't preach good enough to impress anybody. I can't even impress me. Most of the time I can't impress my wife or my mom or anybody. It's just me. But God's presence changes everything. When we're in here on Saturday morning, almost without fail at the corporate time, but certainly when it's my own personal time, private time, I'm praying, God, I'm desperately asking you. I'm desperate for you to show up in our services, because if you don't show up, I'm toast. 
We can't sing well enough. We can't shake your hand well enough. We can't hug your neck hard enough to make you experience God. But God, your presence being in here changes everything. Pray for God's presence in your life. Acts 11.21 says, The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed. We're asking God's hand to be upon us, His presence to be there. The only reason we can have a great influence as a church in this area and in this region is because God's hand is honest. And I, I love talking to people when they've come for the first time and, and I get the opportunity. And many of them are friends that I've invited and I'm like, tell me everything. Tell me what you think when you walk through the door, when you stepped on the sidewalk, when you walked in. I mean, the colors in the walls. I mean, the color of the seats, the music, the sound, the smells. I mean, no, tell me everything. And almost every time they tear up and go, I have never experienced anything. That's not me. That's God's hand. Which is why we, twice a year, I lead us through 21 days of prayer. And in January, prayer and fasting. Moses said to God when he says, hey, this is my plan for you. He said in Exodus 33, 15, but God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. In other words, God, if you're not going with us, if your presence is going to be hanging out and being with us, then I'm not leaving here because you're here goes on in verse 16. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and that you're people unless you go with us? And what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? I'm desperate for God to move in each one of our services. That his presence is going up with us in everything that we do. Verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. We sang that song this morning. Show me your glory, God. That's our heart's cry. God, reveal your glory in this place. Number three point is pray for God's presence. And the last one, going back to 1 Chronicles 4.10. Keep me. Because you know what? When God starts blessing you and in, your territory starts becoming enlarged and, and God's hand is upon you and His presence is starting there, you have this big, huge target on your back and everyone wants to take you down. Have you ever noticed that when you get a certain level of success or something happens good for you, all the negative Nancys come out of the woodwork and they want to tell you, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, you shouldn't wear that. They, all this stuff. He's saying, hey, God, protect me keep me. Point number four, pray for protection. Pray that God protects you. And and you should pray for everyone in your life and your sphere of influence, your your kids, your spouse, your your friends, your your, your boss, your your people you work with. Pray for the protection around them. And we raise our children up every night we go to sleep. We say, Lord, I thank you for, and we go through the list of the people we're thanking for and pray your blessings upon them. And at the tail end of that is saying, I pray your angels round about me to keep me safe in all my ways. See, we're praying that prayer protection that's wrapping around here. So we go back to 1 Chronicles 4.10. He says, bless me, God. Don't let me look at my past. Don't let, let me look at anything that's back here, all that pain and how I was even labeled as that and all the things I've been ridiculed. Lord, let me look at my future. Bless me. 
But Lord, not just me, enlarge my territory. Give me greater influence, God, that I can be a blessing. Let your presence, let your hand be upon me. Keep me protected. And the last part, look at that. God granted his request. Can I tell you this morning, when you pray this prayer, again, it's in your prayer guide. When you pray this prayer, God, man, I'm going to lean down from heaven into your life and I will get involved with you. The last thing, every day, even if it's only three seconds, you can pray for these four things. If you're taking notes, jot these down really quick. It's, It's the points we've had. Every day, pray for blessing. Pray for influence. Pray for the presence. Pray for protection. It can be that simple. God, this morning, I still have the crumbs in the corner of my eyes. I'm just still waking up. But God, I'm praying this morning that you bless me. God, that you let me be a blessing, that I have greater influence. God, I pray for your presence. I pray for your protection. Amen. And then your feet hit the ground and you hit the glory, the, you know, the door running. Or you can spend a little bit more time. God, I want to be a blessing. I want you to bless me, God, because I want to. And you can fill in the blanks. Lord, let me have more influence so I can, I can help more people, that I can, I can get involved with other people's lives. You can just drill really down deep with that. Blessing, influence, presence, protection. You close your eyes, bow your heads with me. All of this starts with a relationship. We, we pray because we have a relationship with God. We pray and we have this communion with God because it's someone we have a relationship with. I never ever want to have a service, you know, regardless of the message, that I don't give you the invitation to start or begin again that relationship. God wants to be a blessing to us, but it begins with us accepting Him into our lives. And like Pastor Chris said in that video, we're not going to invite anybody up here. We're not going to make you all come up here. We're not going to take you into another room, doing the old school. This is private, we believe, between you and God. Really, you can pray the prayer any way you want to, just telling Him you want Him to direct you. But I, I have some words to help you along with it. So if that's you this morning, you want to be in. Just simply pray this prayer. Can we just pray it all out loud? We don't normally do this, but can we break tradition a little bit? And Regardless if you're praying this prayer or not, just pray it out loud with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today is my day. I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me. And I come just as I am. I surrender all to you. And I choose you. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time for the 400 millionth time. Or Lord, even as I said that today is my day, that I've been alive for 18,978 days. 
I may have prayed that prayer 20,000 times. God, you're still there, reaching down from heaven. You're stretching forth to us. Father, I pray a blessing for us. I pray for influence for us. God, I pray for your presence to be with us. And God, I pray for your protection. Lord, may we all get involved with praying this prayer of Jabez. Lord, putting our past behind us and looking forward to our future with you. We give this all to you. In Jesus' name we pray.